Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That's right. I got a damn black eye. And if you can believe it, this is what happened. I was just walking down the street and somebody ran up to me and said, you're Simon Miller, the bald a-hole. I can't believe you gave that wrestling thingamajig a down and they punched me in the face. And I looked at them and I started to cry. (laughs) None of that is true. It happened during a wrestling match. Because I'm a weird person, I'm quite proud of it. Anyway, hello, welcome to Ups and Downs. This time for Monday Night Raw, as that train keeps on going. And we still have a few costumes left on the dress ups and downs wheel. So we spin it. None of these couldn't be good at all. See, I told you, I gotta be a beaver. I mean, I can't lie. Still kind of sweaty from the last time I wore it. Let's get serious and up those downs. WWE has some good stories at the moment, do they not? Because Raw started with the Usos and Sola Sokoa coming to the ring because they wanted to go, oh, hi. Soon we're about to break the New Day's tag team title record. So come this Friday, they're going to fight us and we're going to beat them so nobody can stand in our way. Jimmy and Jay also ran down the brawling brutes and Logan Paul, given everything that happened at Crown Jewel. And then when the crowd started to chant, New Day rocks. The Usos were like, yes, they do rock, but they're still going to lose on SmackDown. Made me laugh. We had said New Day a lot by this point, so of course it is professional wrestling. So Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods came out to the ring. And they were all like, hey, Jimmy and Jay Uso, how are you feeling? And they were like, well, we're feeling private jet lagged. Something that you would know nothing about. So that's right. They were firing rich shots, I suppose. But Woods had the best answer to this because he was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a diamond medallion member. All this time, and I still love these guys because they're so goofy. He also then tried to sell it like the New Day should be really proud about being number two because that's all they're going to be, second best. So Xavier and Kofi are like, listen, everything you got was handed to you by the elders, whereas we had to build ourselves from the ground up, like a video game. They kind of got inside baseball because both teams started shouting at the other one about pressure, and Xavier Woods especially was like, pressure? Ooh, when I talk about pressure, when the New Day first started, I basically put my career on the line because I believed in it so much. And go and do some Googling, that is absolutely true. Jimmy and Jay also took a shot at Kofi Kingston's kids, so now he was setting everything up, ready to have a big old fight. 
made this got even weirder because out came Matt Riddle with his bongos and just made a bunch of drug jokes. He also wanted to tell everybody that he was starting a band with Elias. Honestly, this was like your little brother coming in the room going, well, I want to play Mario Kart. You're like, well, tough you can't. The best part was when we did get round to Jay Uso, he would not play ball at all because he wasn't being very Usy and he's such a hothead. And at one point, of course, we played New Day Rocks on the bongos because all of this kind of ironically was like we'd all taken a bunch of acid. I mean, the shift this took halfway through was utterly, utterly nuts. Although, of course, it was about to set up a six-man tag team match. But I will say this. Did it go a little bit too long? Yes. But was it fun? I will also say yes. So I'm going to give it an up. And then we did indeed get the New Day and Riddle taking on the Usos and Solar Sokoa. And I'm never going to get mad at that. Match and I did. What a weird guy. The interesting part was who was going to win. Because if I was going to write this down on paper and go with 101 booking, I'd be like, well, I would give the New Day the victory here. And then we get to smack her down and the Usos win. While that's 50-50 booking, hey, I've grown up with it. So now I just expect it. But amazing, spoilers coming. That's not what happened at all. Because the bloodline beat up everybody for such a long ass time before Riddle did make the hot tag. And because he is a professional wrestler, he ran wild and he beat everybody up. He also smashed Jay with a powerbomb, who basically then got right back to his feet and hit Riddle with a super kick and a neck breaker. And while his wrist was taped here, because as reported, he did suffer an injury, I suppose he's going to be all right. Good. Riddle then applied the triangle, but Jimmy and Jay right now are so experienced, they have that whole <laughs> nobody saw us make the tag, meaning Jimmy got in there, he hit the splash, and he got the one, two, three. Or at least he almost did when Xavier Woods broke it up at the last second. He also took Sola Sokoa out the ring, but man, that was a terrible idea, because Sola was like, well, you shouldn't have done that. He just took out Xavier Woods. He took out Kofi Kingston by throwing them into all the furniture. But then, of course, he got beaten up by a bunch of dives. Because once again, it's 2022 wrestling and we got to do the dives. The thing is, is that during all this carnage, nobody had noticed that Sola Sokoa had tagged himself in. So just as Riddle was going to go for the RKO, Sokoa was all like, surprise! And he hit the spinning solo and he got the three. So seriously, this guy, he is on an absolute roll since he's been called up from NXT. And I'm totally here for it. I quite like this. Up. I'm massively intrigued to see what we are going to do on SmackDown. Because again, I assumed the Usos were going to lose here. But maybe we do get to Friday. And Sami Zayn accidentally cost them the match. I mean, that would be one way to get to the big falling out. JBL was back next. And he basically did a shortened version of what he did last week. For he ran down the crowd, he ran down the city, he ran down your mum and he ran down your dad before out came Baron Corbin to take on all people, Cedric Alexander. Huh. Now, if you thought this was going to be any kind of reprieve for Cedric, you were totally wrong. Because he went for a springboard nothing at one point. And he jumped right into the end of days. He got absolutely slammed. One, two, three. He was done. I do feel like this is heading somewhere, though. So I will get to that later because you'll see how I'm connecting these dots. And it's kind of the same for Baron Corbin. I feel like soon, very, very soon, he is going to get his edge back. And I don't mean Adam Copeland. And when we do do that... Well, just watch this space. So I am going to give it an up because I think this was a tease match. I don't mean that as bad as it actually sounded. WWE then told us that that amazing splash that Logan Paul had done at Crown Jewel and he held the selfie phone at the same time had done over 40 million views. So now you see why the two have teamed up together. And it was time for Seth Rollins. Now he was in a jolly old mood because he was going to do an open challenge for his United States Championship. 
<laughs> it all went bad because who came out to answer? None other than the Judgment Day. Finn Balor wasted no time in saying, hey Seth, do you remember a couple of years ago? We were in that match at the SummerSlam and I beat you to become the undisputed champion, but because you wrecked my shoulder, I had to give it up. That's like Finn. More than a couple of years ago, that was 2016. You have waited far too long to use that as a rule. Well, we could do anything though. The OC also entered because they hate the Judgment Day. We had this one awesome camera shot where you had Finn Balor, AJ Styles and Seth Rollins all looking at each other. So please do that triple threat match soon. Although this was so good because Seth looked at one group. He looked at the other group and was like, look, you got beef with each other. I'm going to leave. So we left. AJ Styles told them that they were here because they were sick of the numbers game because up to this point it's always been three versus four, mostly because of that damned Rhea Ripley. But this isn't going to be the case from here on out because they balanced the books and who attacked Rhea on the outside? It was none other than the returning Mia Yim. This kicked off a massive brawl including Mia throwing Rhea Ripley over Barry Barricade and poor Bazza always had a bad night. And also back in the squared circle, Dominic Mysterio got hit with the Styles Clash. So when we were done here, the OC was standing tall. They've also recruited their female member who is going to kick Rhea Ripley's ass. And these two teams are just great. I don't really know how we got here, but we were patient and we took our time. I am giving this a round of applause and I'm giving it up. We also had a quick interview after this with Seth Rollins as Kathy Kelly was like, well, are you still going to do your open challenge? And he was all like, of course I'm going to do it, but it better not be you, Kathy Kelly. And he walked off. I was like, Seth, you absolutely do want it to be Kath. You'd probably be her. I then had no idea what was going on. Because it was Otis versus Elias, and I do like both guys very much. And I know that last week, Elias put a pumpkin on Otis's head. But this basically went two minutes. Chad Gable caused some interference, so Otis hit the world's strongest slam, and he just won. And there was no follow-up to this either, no nothing. It just kind of existed in the ether, like I expected we would see riddled, but we didn't. But I am going to give it an up just because I like Otis. However... I'm also going to give it a down because firstly, this was just so damn confusing and I kind of felt like I'd fallen asleep and missed something, but also to it down, that is absolutely a distraction finish. I mean, Chad Gable was quite literally on the apron. I kind of feel like we're doing a few too many of these. Hence the down. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We had an interview with the Judgment Day, and while they were being all like, poof, we're not scared of the OC and me and you, they're a bunch of nothings and we don't care about them. It was quite clear that the male contingent were terrified. Whereas Rhea Ripley actually was like, man, I'll beat her up. I don't care because she is the best. We also got this tease because Bianca Belair walked into their shot at one point and she looked at Ripley and Ripley looked at her. And I tell you this, we should do that match down the line and Rhea Ripley should become the champion. I suppose another reason we did this is because Bianca, Oscar and Alexa Bliss we're heading to the ring. Now, yes, if you did watch this entrance, you would have seen Bray Wyatt's logo on the screen. So clearly we're going to do something with Alexa Bliss soon. And basically all three were like, listen, we hate damage control. We think they're a bunch of losers. And quite frankly, we're done with it. So let's do a war games. Bianca Belair has shouted that as well. Channeling William Regal. During all this too, of course, Bailey and her friends came out and they were all like, Bianca, you haven't still beaten Bailey properly. And I'm like, what planet are you living on? And of course, Dakota Kai and Io Sky were super duper happy 9000 that they are the tag team champions again. And yes, recently, this has been absolutely body. It then broke down to Oscar and Io Sky yelling at each other in Japanese when Sky just went bitch to finish it off. Honestly, this is one of the best promos ever because clearly they were told, look, just say whatever you want. And while I couldn't understand it, I could see that they were mad at each other. And then everybody did start to fight until Nikki Cross joined in. She is definitely on damage control because she beat up the good guys. Everybody also agreed to the War Games match. And look, you could see this coming from like a month ago, but that's the whole point. It's called good, obvious storytelling. And when we do get to the Survivor Series, obviously we've got to put a few more bodies in here. I think this could be terrific. And hopefully where damage control finally find their balance, I suppose, because they are all over the place. This was all right. Up. And then we had another one of these random matches. And at first I was like, what is happening? And then my brain kicked into gear. It takes a while. I am a beaver. And I started to figure it out. So we saw a video from earlier in the day where Austin Theory had found Shelton Benjamin. I was like, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, you're not relevant anymore. You should just die. He didn't say that, but that was his point. It led to them facing each other on Raw. And yes, look at this. Within about two minutes, Austin Theory had one after he poked Shelton Benjamin in the eye and hit him with the A-Town down. And at first I was sad. At first I was disappointed. At first I was totally forlorn before I realized, wait a minute, something later on is going to happen with Bobby Lashley and we'll talk about it. Cedric Alexander lost. Shelton just lost. Everybody in interviews keeps talking about the Hurt business. So, ooh, da lally, I think they're about to come back. Now, I could be totally wrong. And if I am, I shall retroactively change this up slash down. Because honestly, I just want Shelton Benjamin to have one last run because he's so flipping good. However, I believe in my dreams and I do think I'm right. So I am giving this an up because I think the Hurt business are coming back. Is then time to answer some questions between The Miz and Johnny Gargano? which is good because there's so many damn questions. Flood me up hot in here. Because straight away, The Miz said everything Gargano had talked about last week was a pack of lies. And what's really got him down is that all his friends and family don't believe him. I mean, even Daddy Miz believes Johnny Gargano. So now he's a sad panda. Miz said the upside is that he met with a movie producer and he thinks he can turn this all into a film. And out came Johnny Gargano. My word, did he have quite the reveal. Because while he was pleased that Father Miz did agree with him, he didn't need to worry about hearsay anymore. 
Because that movie we produced, so we just talked about, actually wasn't a movie producer at all. And it was a private investigator that Johnny had hired. What is going on? Her job was to reveal the truth because she was wearing a hidden camera. And of course, because she was working with Johnny Gargano, he took out a universal remote that he got from home. And that allowed him to control the video on the Titan Tron. And I tell you this, Rory's been going for almost 30 years and it took three decades for somebody to do this. Gargano wins. Of course, as it turned out, we did see The Miz admitting to this person that yes, I did make all this stuff up with Dexter Loomis and I did pay him and then I stopped paying him because people were getting too close. Honestly, he was like a James Bond villain here. He just revealed all his plans. I was like, Miz, you absolute moron. If you thought that was the end of it too, you'd be completely wrong. Because then we move right into The Miz versus Johnny Gargano that I presume we would have saved for a premium live event. This one got out of control too. Because as I've already guessed, there were super shenanigans here. Because at one point they were fighting on the outside and all of a sudden The Miz was like, oh no. And he started getting dragged under the ring. Now I never understand why people panic about this. What is meant to be under there? Hell no. It's just a bunch of kendo sticks and maybe a ladder. After The Miz escaped though, he told the referee, well, you better check that out. And incredibly, <laughs> the referee actually did. So this guy is stupid. <laughs> It's actually stupid. That is like me saying, oh, to my girlfriend, oh, you better go check in the cupboard because there's a monster in there. She's like, there's no monster in there. She kicked my ass. Of course, this meant the official was distracted. And when the Miz was down there, he had taken like a turnbuckle thing. So when Gargano came to get him, the Miz went bloop. And he smacked him on the head and he pinned Johnny Gargano for the Uno Dos Tres. Afterwards, Dexter Loomis turned up with the chairs and he smacked the Miz before he ran away because of course he's not meant to be there. So how does he keep getting in the building? And I'm kind of torn with this because I can't help it. I love this story. I think it's interesting and we go left and we go right and we go up, we go down. We have twists and turns and Johnny Gargano and the Miz especially are doing a good job. But the finish to that match was absolutely moronic. I mean, if the referee is that gullible, why don't you just do it every single week? So I shall go with my gut and make sure I give the overall stuff an up. Because like I say, I am intrigued, but I'm giving it down for that finish. It was too stupid even for me. Then it seemed like Nikki Cross is now Damage Control's puppet or something. Because they were all like, oh, Nikki, you should go out there and do something crazy. Like have a match against Dana Brooke for the 24-7 championship. What? This meant we did get that match. And not only did Nikki Cross win in around about 38 seconds with that neckbreaker thingamajig off the ropes, but then they went backstage as like a big team. As Nikki Cross was walking in the back, we're like, oh, I'm crazy now. She went to throw the 24-7 championship in the bin and she missed. If that doesn't sum up the entire run of this title, I don't know what does. Now, I do have to say, I like the fact that WWE went, look, we're not just going to have it vanish. We're going to make sure we have a story to the 24-7 title not being on TV anymore. But I don't think this worked. And I just felt sad for Dana Brooke because she really cared about that thing. We just crapped all over it. However, look, let's look at the good here. This version of Nikki Cross is so much better. And when she's allowed to let loose, oh, I tell you, it's going to be rad. But I'm still giving it a down. Yossi and Mia Yim then did their first interview together and they're all super duper happy because Mia was like, hi, I'm going to buy the drinks. Gallows and Anderson really like alcohol. It was around about this time when Seth Rollins decided he was going to come out for his part two. And he did start saying things like, well, I've been in WWE for 10 years. I'm having a great time. And the fans even started to chant thank you. Now, given what is about to happen in around about 3.2 seconds, I think we've actually turned Seth Rollins' baby face... And I'm totally behind that because he's terrific at it. I also think he is massively underrated because he just smashes it every single week. 
The dude deserves his flowers. He was going to do his open challenge though, so Mustafa Ali popped up on the big screen and was all like, Seth, I shall challenge you. And all of a sudden, he got dragged out of the frame like some kind of horror movie when it turned out Bobby Lashley had beaten him up. I mean, he absolutely beat the piss out of him because when Mustafa tried to get back into this, he grabbed him and just threw him into this box-like structure in the background. And you've got to go out of your way to see that. It was genuinely devastating. I mean, I thought he was dead. Because Bob was so mad though, and a heel, he then marched to the ring. And while I suppose he did want a match, he couldn't control his emotions. So he absolutely destroyed Seth Rollins as well. I mean, he threw him into the ring post, he threw him through Alan the announce table, and then he just stood there and went rah, as around about eight, 2,799 officials tried to calm him down. Now, eventually they did, when all of a sudden, Austin Theory's music hit, he came to the ring and he was like, oh, look what I've got, the Money in the Bank briefcase, and that's right, I'm going to cash it in on the United States champion. What is happening? This wasn't a tease either, because he did do this. We did see it through. And are you ready? Get ready. Because <laughs> he lost. Now, there were some near falls, including one after a pedigree. And Austin did actually have this win when he hit the A-Town down. But just as the referee was about to get the three count, who pulled him out the ring? That's right. It was Bobby Lashley. That guy has totally lost his mind. Theory then went Vince McMahon circa 1998 because he started shouting, you ruined it, you ruined it, and you don't say that to Bob. So he locked on the Hurt Lock. Austin Theory passed out. When he did come to, he got in the ring about 9.999, so he didn't get counted out. But Seth had recovered in that 10 seconds. He hit the curb stomp. He beat Austin Theory to retain his title. Now, here is the thing. As already mentioned, we definitely turned Bobby Lashley heel here. We definitely turned Seth Rollins' face here. So that's absolutely terrific, and it's going to get an up. And I have no problem with Austin Theory cashing in his briefcase to try and win a so-called mid-card title. Because here's the thing. We are going to have money in the bank every single year for like the next 722 years. So you have to do different stuff, or at the very least, you have to try. The problem here, though, is that one, Austin Theory he did not win, so now he looks like an absolute point, Dexter. But also, two, he cashed it in on a champion that was having open challenges. So why didn't he just wait seven days and do it again? Like, I get he's a bad guy, so he's going to be totally fine. But my word, he looked like the stupidest guy on the planet and is going to get it down. You just can't justify it. I just can't shake this feeling either that it actually would have been better for Austin Theory to have gotten the win here. Because again, if we are turned Rollins' baby face, you want to give him as much sympathy as possible. But look, we'll wait and see. I don't think this is the end of the world. And I don't think Austin Theory has been buried. I'm sure we do have some plans. And also, you shouldn't be that mad. Anytime I go on the internet, everyone's always like, I don't want Austin Theory to be Mr. Money in the Bank anymore. Well, he's not. It's over. It's done. So you should be happy the beaver said so. All of that did indeed bring us to the end of Raw, and I will say this, it kind of felt a little bit bitty this week, like we knew that we were coming off the Saudi Arabia show, and there would be some settling down as we head into the Survivor Series, but it still had enough good moments, especially all the Bobby Lashley and potential Hurt Business stuff, that I'm giving it an up. Also, Seth Rollins, man, he is just the best. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.